threats. Um, you go. I have to tell you, church, that when we started to consider this message, um, I knew that we were going to have to deal with this issue here. The Lord had, over the course of some number of months, impressed on, on me, and as I spoke with Marietta, she was in agreement, that we were going to have to, if we're going to get to a point where we're going to live a life as Christians with no regrets, we're going to have to deal with this issue here. Fear. We're going to have to deal with it. And I'm convinced that God has been speaking not only to me about fear, but I bet you that there's a lot of people that are out here listening to, to me and Marietta right now that are having to listen to the Lord about fear. As a matter of fact, I appreciated so much Joe's worship service this morning and his selection of songs because we sang that one song, In Your Presence, the fear is literally removed. It's awesome. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Ultimately, we're going to get to that point during this message, but you're going to have to bear with us a little bit as we deal with this situation here. Fear. When we were preparing for this message, I just did some uh, some quick research. And as I looked at headlines... I did a Google search, first of all, and I did a, also did a Yahoo search. But one of the things that was remarkable to me on, as I searched the Google News site that over the last month from Google News sources, the word fear appeared in over 6,000 headlines. 6,000 headlines over the last month. Brothers and sisters, we're dealing with fear. There's a lot of fear going on. I mean, you can't, you can't sit and talk to anybody, seems like nowadays, without hearing something that, or, or the, the attitude, you know, I'm afraid about something, I'm concerned about something. People are concerned right now. And this is not a phenomenon that is localized. This is a phenomenon that is truly, seems like global. Here's the deal. The problem with fear is that it can cause us to lose peace. Brothers and sisters, we are charged to be peace walkers in this world. As Christians, we're charged to be peace walkers in this world. And if we, deal, if we cannot effectively deal with fear, it can cause us to lose that peace. And we're going to talk about that in a little bit. Similarly, fear can paralyze us to the point where we can't even take action. We can't even step out. We can't even say that we're going to, we're going to, we're going to walk in faith. We can't take that first step of faith. And finally, fear can shift, can literally serve to shift our focus away from the Lord and put our focus on, you name it. You can, we can, we can focus on what we can do. We can focus on what the government can do. 
We can focus on what Obama can do, but what it serves to do ultimately is that fear serves to have us shift our focus away from the God of the universe. God of the universe. Okay. You know, brothers and sisters, I have to tell you that as we considered this message, one of the things that I was concerned about is that this message was going to turn into an a end times message. An end times message. And I was having a hard time with that. And the reason that I was having a hard time with, with that is because there's a lot of people that right now are, are preaching end times messages. So you can go hear end times messages almost anywhere you, you want to go. And you know what? I've got to tell you that some of those end times messages that I hear or read, I enjoy reading them. Because I personally believe that we probably are living in those end times. That's my personal opinion. As I look around and I consider the things of the Lord, I think that we probably are living in those end times. But the fact of the matter is, is I was thinking, well, if we're going to deal with fear, and as Marietta and I considered this message and we, we prayed about it, I'm thinking to myself, and I'm trying to hear from God and say, God, another end times message, won't that just bring more fear to your people? And I'm thinking, well, how are we going to, you know, how, how are you going to deal with this, Lord? Because certainly I can't. And uh, I think as you see us progress through this message, you'll see how the Lord answered. Praise God, he is so faithful. However, having said that, we have to consider this. Go ahead. Kelly. That's okay. Go back to the other. Hmm? Go back to the previous slide. <laughs> A few months ago, I just want us to consider this this verse that is up here on the overhead. Certainly, an end times piece of scripture. It's a nested piece of scripture. I believe that when Jesus was talking about this, he was also talking about. Uh, the destruction of, of Jerusalem uh, in approximately 80, uh, 70 A.D. But I also think that he was talking to us living in these days today. And the one thing that I want to point out is we see that there will be signs in the sun, in the moon, and in the stars, and on the earth, distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, Men's hearts failing them from fear and the expectation of those things which are coming on the earth, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Okay. Let's go. That was good. That worked out well. (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm going to try to do the best that I can in regards to describing to you a dream that I had a number of months ago. I've actually shared this dream with a few of you already. Um, but I'm going to share it now because it was followed up by another dream um, about a week later, and then another dream about a week after that, all dealing with the same things. And Marietta likes to think that, that because I am having dreams along these lines that I qualify for the Joel 2.28 passage, that <laughs> I am an old man. <laughs> she reminds me of that on a regular basis. So, you know what? If that's, if that's the way this is going to work out, then that's the way it's going to work out because I think that the dream that I had was indeed from the Lord. So I want you just to kind of consider this, if you will, in your imagination, and I'll do the best that I can. <clears throat> Marietta and I were driving in her vehicle, and she was actually driving in this, on this particular day we're going somewhere, and I don't, I don't even know where. But I remember that as we went down the road, and this was very clear, brothers, sisters, very clear dream. This was a, as realistic as it gets. We're, we're moving down the road, and I look up through the windshield of the vehicle, and literally the sky and the clouds are being peeled back, ripped back, just like they were uh, a piece of cloth. And beyond the sky and the clouds as they rolled up, and I looked, I could see nothing but just black. And I was, I was watching this event take place, and immediately I went into the man mode. Typical of what we're going to do as, as, as men. We see something that is so unusual, so, something that is so beyond our comprehension, and we begin to think of, hey, this is not right. How can I fix this? You know, i got to fix this. And I'm watching this, and I'm turning to Marietta, and I'm saying, honey, are you seeing this? And fear beyond my comprehension begins to pour in on me. I don't even understand it. Now, I've got to tell you that I have not been able to discern whether or not what I was seeing at this point has to do with the return of the Lord. I don't know the answer to that necessarily. But what I do know is that what I was seeing was so extraordinary that every person that was seeing this had to be struck by this level of fear. This, and what God was telling me during this period of time, was, do you see this? Do you see what is taking place? This is the day on which men's hearts will fail them. And I'm thinking to myself, well, yeah, it's doing a pretty good number on me. You betcha. I understand it, Lord. I got it. The skies continue to peel back. And then there's something else that takes place that blows my mind. And at that point, everything that I knew 
everything that I thought that I could count on. The physical laws were taken away. And what happened at that point is, as Marietta continued to drive and we're watching this phenomenon in the sky, the vehicle began to float into the air and turn. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, I can't take anymore, Lord. And I, now I am at the point of fear where I am not only, I'm paralyzed. Yes, I am. I'm paralyzed. There's no more thinking about fixing it. <laughs> I ain't thinking about fixing it anymore. I'm thinking about, this is bad news because we're floating. We are in the air. What is going on, God? <clears throat> And then I began to think, this is the end. This is the end. And so as I consider that this is the end, I'm beginning to fear for Marietta and Morgan and the grandbabies and my friends and my family elsewhere. And I'm thinking, well, this is it. This is it. This is the end. And I hope that they're all going to be okay. And then, brothers and sisters... As we begin to, you know, i got to tell you one thing that's funny. <clears throat> We're floating into the air, and I'm pretty kind of focused on what's going on in our car. You know, because it's turned like this, and I'm against the, I'm against the uh, passenger door, and I'm knowing that, well, look at that. We're, we're flying, you know, and this ain't no Disney flick. Um, and there's, you know, pickup trucks with the no fear bumper stickers are going by. <laughs> I'm thinking to myself, uh-huh. Yeah. What about no fear right now, Bubba? You know. So, anyway, at that point, the peace of God. I, I make a decision to say, you know what? I am terror struck right now. I am paralyzed. My heart is beating so hard, I can't stand it. I know probably I'm on the verge of dying myself just because of what I'm seeing and experiencing. And I'm saying, hey, just a second here. I make a physical uh, and mental decision that what do you have to worry about, Greg? What do you have to worry about? I am the Lord your God. You have Jesus on board. And I think to myself, you know what? That's right. That's right. I have Jesus. And if this is the day that he chooses to return, then this is going to be good. This is going to be good. So, you know, I, I sat there and literally made that decision. And I thought, thank you, God, for your peace. And that peace of the Lord that surpasses all understanding immediately descended upon me. And the paralysis and the terror and my heart rate began to, to, to normalize. And, and I was able to think clearly and to begin to move again. And so I thought, okay, God, okay, Jesus. Jesus, if you're coming, I'm coming to see you. This is awesome. This is the day. We're going to see Jesus. And I was like, at that point, almost rejoicing. And the last thing that I remember is I'm leaning against the door, 
I unbuckle my lap belt, and I reach up over the console because Marietta is now above me, and I grab her hand, and I say, we're going to see Jesus, and I open up the door. And it was awesome. And at that point, the Lord kind of ended the dream. But <laughs> I, I have to tell you, as I woke up, I was a bit disturbed, and I talked to Marietta about it the following morning. Um, and I prayed about this dream and prayed about it. And what God wanted me to see was, do you understand, my son, do you understand, you have the ability to make a decision to... To walk in my peace. Do you understand that? And I'm thinking to myself, yes, I do, Lord. I understand that no matter what I see go on around me, I have the decision. I have the ability to make that decision to receive your peace, to walk in your peace. And I'm going to walk there. I'm going to walk there no matter what. Going back to the Psalms, Psalm, this Psalm is very, very close. This verse from the Psalms is very close to what God, I believe, was showing me through this dream. My flesh and my heart were failing, but I rec- recognize that God is the strength of my heart, and He is my portion forever. He is my portion forever. He's my strength forever. He's my peace forever. So, really, it's all about where we focus. Focusing on our circumstances can truly cause a man's heart to fail. If we focus on the things that we see, and I'm talking about the things that, that, that you and I are all seeing and hearing even today. We can get to that point where our heart will fail. On the other hand, that if we decide to focus on Jesus and we make that decision, we're going to constantly focus on Jesus we're able to overcome that fear and it increases our trust in the Lord as we do this time and time and time again. We get used to it. You know what, Lord? I'm not going to worry about that. I'm going to give that to you because you have been so faithful. Lord, I'm not going to be afraid of that. I'm going to give that one to you, Lord, because I know that you're faithful. Lord, I am going to focus on your son Jesus and I'm going to give this one to him because you have been faithful, and I'm used to walking that way. Do you see how it becomes a set of decisions, a series of steps, a consistency of our walk? Isn't that awesome? This is the way, brothers and sisters, that we need to walk today. We need to walk today. We have a charge as not only as the church, but also as, as members of the body to make sure that we walk in that peace. 
And a couple of months ago, God gave me a word during worship about fear. And it was so graphic in my mind, the picture that he gave me that, and I don't remember what Pastor Allen was speaking about, but he asked me to read that word before his service. And I'm gonna, Greg wanted me to read that to you again. So that's what I'm going to do. Fear keeps us in bondage, in prison, in a cocoon. It isolates us, it divides us, it stops all growth. It causes death and destruction. It robs us of time, of friends, of family. It robs us of our destiny, our ability, and our potential. It's the fiery dart of the enemy that is cloaked, invisible. It gathers no attention. It just is, as it utterly stills, kills, and destroys. Fear keeps love at bay and ruins hope for the hopeless. It deprives God of his praises. Fear keeps trying from ever being an action. It doesn't lurk in shadows, but stands in the forefront of the mind imprisoned. It won't let restoration or redemption take root and give way to forgiveness, love, mercy, and faith. Fear keeps the new fresh growth from pressing out of the branch so that fruit will develop. Fear keeps revelation from ever being received. Yet, God did not give us this spirit of fear, but of love, of power, and of a sound mind. Matthew 14, oops, I'm kind of going backwards there. Okay. Remember, Jesus had just done this miracle of feeding the 5,000 with just a handful of loaves of bread and a couple of fish, and he had baskets full of stuff left over. And so here he is. We find him on uh, Matthew 14, 22. Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now, when evening came, he was alone there. But the boat, where the disciples were, was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by waves, for the wind was contrary. Now, in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. Fourth watch is between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It's a ghost, and they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. And so he said, Come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, O oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Now, normally when you hear that verse, 
we we hear those verses. We hear people talk about um, how great Peter was because he got out of the boat. Well, I want you to think about this. He asked somebody he thought was a ghost to call him out of the boat. <laughs> what was he thinking? <laughs> what would have happened if it hadn't have been Jesus? What was he thinking? But that's not what I'm going to focus on today. Today I want to focus on when he was afraid, he began to sink. That's what I want you to see in this passage. He actually walked on the water, got out of the boat, walked on the water, and then because he had faith and trust in Jesus. I still don't know how he knew that that was Jesus. Just a second before he thought it was a ghost. He actually walked on the water, and fear is what caused him to be distracted. He looked at his circumstances, and fear set in. He caused him to doubt. But when Peter called to Jesus, save me, save me, Jesus just didn't reach down his hand and save him, but immediately he reached down immediately and saved him. Immediately. That's awesome. The world is literally today filled filled with fear. Filled with fear. And because we're so media conscious today, it's easy for us to see all of those things around us that would cause us to be fearful. It's easy for us to hear about those things that are not going well in the world. And brothers and sisters, I'm not telling you that we as Christians, as the church, the ecclesia, the called out, we are the called out. I'm not saying that we're not supposed to pay attention to what's going on in the world. We need to be aware of that. We need to be aware of these things. We need to be able to understand and to relate to those people that don't have the one thing that we have. He, Jesus. He is our peace. As a matter of fact, this, this is a quote from Ephesians 2, 4. Jesus is our peace. So, we walk through a world of fear. We hear people talking about circumstances, situations, concerns, wars and rumors of wars, earthquakes in various places, storms at a level that we've never seen before, economic worries that really, I mean, based on my assessment thus far, 
Doesn't look like we know how to fi- can, can't figure out how to get out of those right now. <clears throat> but we do have one thing. We have Jesus. He is our peace. And this is for each and every one of us as aliens in this world, visitors and sojourners walking through this life, we're going to keep our eyes focused on Jesus. We're going to talk about that in just a minute. But um, <clears throat> Maybe there's somebody in here today who doesn't know Jesus. And what we're talking about is not making a whole lot of sense. And so we just want to give the pe- those people an opportunity to get to know Jesus today. This is kind of, usually you hear people do this at the end of a service, but before we get to the good part, talking about Jesus, we want to give those people in here an opportunity to trade in their fear for the rock, Jesus. And, and maybe you're here today and you knew Jesus really well and you pursued your own interests for a while and you're here to give your heart back to the Lord today. You're coming here today, as Pastor Allen would say, was no mistake. God knew you were going to be here. So if we could all pray together, even if you've known the Lord your entire life, um, for, for those who, who are here today uh, to either make a decision for Christ for the first time or to re- renew their promises to God, their heart for God, Today, um, Greg is going to pray with us. So if we could all pray together. Father, we give you praise for who you are, Lord. We thank you, Lord God, that you are our peace, Father. Father, I'm just going to pray with those of, uh, that may be here and may say, this may be the first time that they're hearing this, and they may be saying, you know, I am afraid, and I know I need that peace, and I know that I can't, I can't get it on my own because I've tried. So if that's you, I just want... I just want you to pray this prayer. You don't even have to pray it out loud. But just pray it along with me. Lord God. Lord God. I know I need you. I know I need you. Father, I know that I haven't been living... For you. Father, I have not been living for you. And that I need that peace that those people are talking about. And that I need that peace that those people are talking about. And I know that you are the one that can bring it through Christ Jesus. And I know that you are the one that can bring it through Christ Jesus. So Jesus. So Jesus. Come into my heart today. Come into my heart today. Live with me. 
Live with me. Live inside of me. Live inside of me. Be my rock. Be my rock. Be my peace. Be my peace. Be my salvation. Be my salvation. I give you my heart. I give you my heart. I declare that you are the son of the living God. I declare that you are the son of the living God. And that you are my savior today and always. And that you are my savior today and always. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen. So, you know, if we take two magnets and we put them, the poles, we line up the poles, they attract each other, they go, they, they'll just suck into each other. And if we take them and reverse them so that they're, the poles are not lined up, there's a resistance and a repelling that it goes on. You can even try to get them close and then they kind of back off on their own. That's what's happening today for us. We are flipping that. If you accepted the Lord today or you've renewed your, your heart to the Lord, given your heart back to the Lord, you are lined up your poles, your heart, your center with God's heart, his poles, his center. Hallelujah. And you are being drawn as he is drawing you, and you are drawing closer to him. That's good. That's good. That's actually a word that Marietta got during worship, and I just think it's awesome that my wife hears from the Lord the way that she does. I'm a blessed man. Um, okay, so let's break this down a little bit in terms of Scripture. And let's, let's say, okay, Greg, we, we've been talking a lot, and yeah, he is my peace. Well, let's, let's, let's talk about some Scriptures that would cause us to get down to that individual level where we say, yes, indeed, God is my peace. This is, a, this is one of my favorite scriptures in the entire Bible here um, out of Isaiah 51. And as a matter of fact, there are many times where I actually pray this prayer over myself and, and over individuals that I pray for as well. The reason I like this scripture so much is because what it does is it reminds us, and this is God talking to the children of Israel, and we're going to have another scripture here in just a minute that is very similar right out of the same chapter. But this is God talking to the children of Israel and saying, hey, do you remember where you came from? Do you remember where you came from? But you know what? Look to the rock from which you were hewn. My opinion, that rock that is being referred to in this verse of Isaiah is the rock Jesus Christ. We're going to consistently keep our focus on the rock from which we are hewn. Now, we're going to to know that there's a pit back there. Every one of us was saved out of that pit. Every one of us today that are living in this world and in these circumstances and in these times are delivered out of the pit that we see around us. We're delivered out of that. Praise God. There's a little bit later on in the same chapter of Isaiah. The Lord himself is chastising the children of Israel through the prophet Isaiah and saying, Thus says the Lord your your God, the Lord and your God, 
who pleads the cause of his people. See, I have taken out of your hand the cup of trembling, the dregs of the cup of my fury. You shall no longer drink it. That's right. You shall no longer drink it. So what does that mean? Well, what God is telling the children of Israel, and this applies to us today, is the children of Israel at that time were afraid of men and had forgotten who God was. God is referring to the, dri- to the cup of trembling. He's, he's telling the, the children of Israel, do not be afraid anymore. You know who you're going to be afraid of? You're going to be afraid of me, and that's okay. As a matter of fact, time and time again in the Scriptures, God refers to His people. We identify ourselves as those who fear God. Time and time. Old Testament, New Testament, you can look it up. We fear God, and that one's okay. If you fear anything other than God, God is going to take that cup of trembling out of your hand. That's what He wants to do. You will no longer drink that cup of trembling because you have God. Isn't that awesome? That's awesome. All right. We know this scripture, don't we, brothers and sisters? We know it. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. We heard this scripture used time and time and time again after the attacks on the World Trade Center and also the attack on the Pentagon, the terrorist attacks that we experienced in this country just not too long ago. But gosh, how quickly, how quickly do we forget this scripture? I mean, what was that, seven years ago? Seven years ago. And we've already laid this one down. We've laid this promise down. I don't think so. We're going to take it up this morning. We're going to walk in it. This morning, Go ahead. I love this. I love this because Jesus sets things straight here as he's talking to the disciples before he goes to the cross. He says, I'm telling you some things, guys. I'm telling you some things. In me, you may have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation. Now, there, so, you know, we're going to have tribulation. But he turns right around, and this is the payoff part of this scripture, no doubt about it. Be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Amen. Amen. Isn't that good news for us today? I love it. We're going to be of good cheer. We're going to see tribulation. We're going to see it. And this is one, again, one of my favorite scriptures in the entire Bible. As a matter of fact, I want everybody here today to make a commitment. We're going to help you with this a little bit. (laughs) But I want you to make a commitment to memorize this verse. For the times that we live in today, we're going to take this verse and we are going to put this verse inside of us. So that we have it. It's ready to go. It's ready to pull out. We see circumstances that are beyond our control. Our heart begins to rise up a little bit. Begin to get a little bit afraid. And we're going to speak this 
verse out. We're going to speak this verse over us. We're going to say that this verse, because Jesus personalized this verse, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, and neither let it be afraid. What an awesome promise. What an awesome promise from Jesus. Isn't that cool? We could, we could teach it the way we do in kids' church. <laughs> yeah, make it loud. No. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to do that. What we do yeah. is we get all the kids to stand up, and then we all scream it as loud as we can. And then we all say it as soft as we can. <laughs> and then we have to stay standing on one foot. They have to say it's standing on the other foot. Yeah. And by that time, they've got it. They've got it. And sometimes we have to do that as adults, don't we? That's right. To get it all the way in us. Yeah. <laughs> as we, well, we'll get, we'll get to that a little bit later. Okay, the bucket list. This goes along, you're going to go, what? How is this spiritual? Well, you know, we've shown... What's that guy's name with the Mohawk movie? Mr. T movies in here before, too. So you never know what we might do. But the truth of the matter is, is that part of our inability to resist fear is that we don't have it. We take our eyes off of Jesus, and we don't know what to focus on when we've got back on Jesus. We don't let those things wash into us. We don't go deeper with him. And so as Christians... When living a life of no regrets, we've got to have an idea of just what is it about from a Christian point of view. Not, you know, I want a bigger house, a bigger car, a new boat. Um, I want to see my kids grow up and have grandkids. We all want that. And we want the grandkids to have the babies. And those are all wonderful things for our families. Want to have more friends, want to be able to minister to, you know, give to our friends and help our family, but we need to be driven by God. Amen. And so we need to come up with, what does God want you to do? Because that keeps us focused on Jesus. If we know what God wants us to do, when fear comes and we refocus our eyes on Jesus, we know we have a plan because we've written our plan. That's good. Now, most of us will never remember to go home and write this plan. So guess what? We're going to give you an opportunity to write the plan today. So let's look at some things. Well, first, for those who don't know what the bucket list is, we have a little, we have some help for you. You have sound? We don't. Maybe we don't have. Give it back. It's on the floor. I didn't know it was a state secret. My freshman philosophy professor signed this exercise. He called it a bucket list. 
We were supposed to make a list of all the things we wanted to do in our lives before we kicked the bucket. Yeah. Cutesy. I was gonna redo the list, but then help a complete stranger for the good. Laugh until I cry. Not to be judgmental, but this is extremely weak. Well, it's pointless now. I would argue the exact opposite. I mean, I, I know most of you have probably seen the movie. Actually, the movie is pretty good. It's kind of melancholy, you know. But um, the concept that we're going to use um, today is along these lines. Um, brothers and sisters, I'm going to tell you that we are not going to have any regrets when we stand in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. Right? So, I'm not saying that that when you stand there and you, and you, you stand before the Lord, that you're going to say, have one of those V8 moments, you know, where I should have done that. You're not going to do that. But you know what? Having a list of things that you want to do as a Christian, some things that you want to accomplish for the kingdom of the Lord before you go to see Jesus, probably not a bad idea. One of the things that is there a relationship with God. That should be on our bucket list. And some people, like for Joshua, that might be through music. I mean, he, he might have something on his bucket list having to do with writing worship songs for the Lord. Um, for a teacher, it might be to teach others about Jesus. It might be to pray. If you're an intercessor, Deborah, to pray more, you know, to, to, to really seek God in those times when you know you're being called to intercess. But it's your relationship with the Lord. You might want to, on your bucket list, your spirit-led bucket list, you want to talk, might consider your relationship with others. Let's say that you have not been walking with, in peace with some of those that are in your sphere of influence. You might want to reconsider that. You might want to Consider how you can have a restored and right relationship with somebody that you don't have a good relationship with now. Um, this is along the lines of what we've been speaking about this morning. We want to live a life of boldness and confidence and brave, bravery, but all in Christ Jesus, not in our own Strength, not in our flesh, but we want to live that that bold life in Christ Jesus. What an awesome thing to live! I see some some men living this type of a life, and it just floors me. I'm I'm, I'm amazed. You know, I, man, look at that guy go. He he never gets misses an opportunity to be bold to speak out. You know, the name of Christ Jesus to others. So. You want to live the fruit of the Spirit, not just talk about it. And that might mean that on your bucket list you might have that you want to spend more time down at the soup kitchen or there's that person that lives down the street that really can't mow their own grass and you're going to make a bigger effort to go mow their grass for them. It could be service um, 
showing people the joy that you have so when they ask you, as the world continues to fall around us and crumble, that they go, what is it that you can still smile? Where's that joy that you have come from? Something that might be on your spirit-led bucket list is, is related to the enlarging of the kingdom of God here on earth. Um, that might be through testifying to the lost and making sure the kingdom is enlarged that way. You may have a ministry in regards to, to giving. You may be able to give and see a ministry built just through some of your efforts. All of those things are valid. Positively impact the sphere of your influence. So if you have a big workplace, you have a whole lot of people you can speak to. If you have a real small workplace, you might have to go to Walmart. (laughs) But whatever the sphere of your influence is, you want to impact that positively. And finally, sharing testimonies. In order to share testimonies, you've got to have some testimonies. Amen? So let's look for opportunities for us to have some testimonies. Let's give God the opportunity to move in our lives and not put everything in our own control, but give control of so many things to Him that we have that opportunity to have testimonies that we can speak to others. Amen? Okay. All right. I need a couple of brothers to come forward and... What we're going to do is we're going to pass out these packets. There's one pen for each. Let me. Morgan, can you put you at work too? One pen for everybody. Inside of this, you're going to find three things. The first thing you're going to find is this yellow card that has the scripture we talked about you memorizing. Okay, it's a little card. We made it like a business card, so it will fit in your wallet, your pocket. You can tape it on your dashboard or your mirror at home when you're getting ready for work. You can put it on your nightstand. Just about anywhere you can go, it can go with you. Through the metal detector at the airport, (laughs) on a trip overseas, it can go anywhere. The second thing you're going to find is a blank card. This is the thing that we're going to pay attention to next. And the last thing you're going to find is a green card with a bucket on it. This card you're going to keep, but you're going to need it handy, so keep these two together. What we're going to do is ask, we're going to take a few minutes here where you're going to spend a few minutes. I'm going to ask Joe to come up and just play some instrumental music. And I just want you to seek God about something that you might put on this white card. I want you to let God impress you with one to three things that you can put on this piece of card. One to three things. And um, of what you can put on the card. Has everybody got one of these? To what would be on your spiritual bucket list. Okay. Then after you write those three things, one to three things, on this card, you're going to copy it onto your green card. Then you're going to put this green card somewhere where you're going to see it again. Now, if that's in your Bible, put it in your Bible. 
that's on your nightstand, put it on your nightstand. If it's on your, when you're getting ready, front of the mirror, put it on your mirror. But somewhere where you're going to see it and remember to add to it and review it. Okay? The white card, when you leave today, when we dismiss you today, we have these buckets. And in the, on those buckets is a lid that has a hole in it. So we don't want your name on this white card, but we want you to take this white card, which will be on the top of the bucket, and deposit it through the slot in the top of the bucket and leave it at the door when you walk out today. Okay? Now, as, as you take time to consider what to put on your bucket list, brothers and sisters, this doesn't have to be a big deal. Maybe you have been walking with the Lord for a couple years and you've never had an opportunity to lead anybody to God through Christ Jesus. But that's something that you want to do. It might be something as simple as that. You, maybe you've had a desire all your life to go on a, on a missions trip. Just write that down. Write that down. You know, there's... There's something prophetic and profound that happens when we begin to make a list of what we want to do. And that's what you're doing today. Maybe you, maybe you want the opportunity to do what Marietta and I are doing today, and that is to speak. Maybe you have a book that you want to write. Maybe you have a child you need to reconcile with. That's right. Or a parent that you've never expressed any good thing to. All we're going to ask you to do is seek the Lord. We're going, to, we're going to shut up for a few minutes here. Seek the Lord and let the Lord impress upon you what He might have you do.
the items that we talked about, the list that we had up here of the different things, we can speak a whole service just on some, some multiple services on just those points about how to refocus our lives. And maybe we'll get an opportunity to do that. Today we've kind of given you the global, consider this an introduction to what might be a subsequent message to come at some point down the road. God willing. Mm-hmm. What, we're going to, um, is everybody okay? Ready to? Okay. All right. So we're going to have you deposit these white slips, which are anonymous, into uh, the buckets as you leave the sanctuary today. Um, so what's going to happen to those, bu- those, those cards, Greg? Well, I'll tell you what's going to happen to those cards, the, the anonymous cards. Marietta and I are actually going to pray over each and every one of those cards um, individually. We're going to take those cards. We're going to pray over them. We're going to pray in agreement with your bucket list. We're not going to know who wrote those things down, but we're going to pray in agreement because you know what? There's power in agreement. There's power in agreement. Isn't that awesome? And we're going to believe that God is going to provide, make provision for everything that you've put on that list. Amen. Amen. Everything that he wants you to accomplish will happen. And so as we get ready to release you, oh, by the way, we have two bouncers. And in most places, (laughs) the bouncers are there to keep people from uh, getting in, you know, after a concert has started or from getting up on the stage. We have bouncers that do not allow you to leave until you put the white card in the white bucket. <laughs> it's Scott over here and uh, Joshua over here. So <laughs> both trustworthy men of God. Awesome men of God. You can keep the pens. Yeah. To pens write your... on your green card with. <laughs> hey, keep the pens so that when you, as God brings... Additional things for you to add to your bucket list. You'll be ready to rock and roll. It's awesome. Well, let's go ahead and pray, and then you will be released. Just join me, would you? Well, Father, we, we just praise you, Lord God, for who you are in our lives, Father God. We declare that you are the God of peace in our lives, Father Father, I speak your peace, Father God, over each and every individual in this place this morning, Father God. I thank you, Father God, that they receive the peace of Jesus, Father. That no matter what the circumstances are that they face as they leave this place, Father God, during the coming week, Lord, that your peace will be upon them, Father. That people will know, Lord God, that they are different because they have your peace upon them and inside of them, Father. Father God, I thank you that your peace is a testimony in and of itself, Father God, and that your people walk it out this week, Lord. Bless your people, Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Amen.
Time.